Hello and welcome to Future Voices, a podcast dedicated to highlighting people revolutionizing their fields. I'm Ida Smiley. And I'm Rachel Adams. We are super excited to introduce our guest today. She is part of the Future Voices family. She has actually designed all of our social media and as well as the beautiful artwork for our podcast covers. Gazelle Furuten is a graphic designer and is completing her master's thesis from the University of Oklahoma. And she does amazing work on her own social media, which we'll highlight later. She is an international student from Iran. And we asked her all sorts of things, like what was the culture shock going between Tehran and Stillwater, Oklahoma, and how she is bringing activism into her design work. So here's our conversation with Gazelle Furuten. And if you are interested in any of her work, you can find links in the description below. Thank you so much, Gazelle, for being here. We really appreciate you speaking with Rachel and I. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me, you guys. I think we're just going to start with some background. So was art something that you've always wanted to pursue? Not in the beginning, I guess. My father was an artist and a designer. So I've always, like growing up, I've always watched him work on different projects. And he was always encouraging me to pain sending me to different art classes Uh, but when it came to uh, to the time that I had to choose my major which is the first grade of high school in Iran it's a little different Uh, my math was really good and everyone expected me to go become an engineer or something you know and but my parents my both of my parents were so encouraging that um, you know you, you should pursue your art you could be really good in it um, and I didn't know if I wanted to do graphic design or not. Like I had no idea, but that was the major of the second grade of high school. If I wanted to go, if I wanted to like choose art and, um, that's what I did. The first two weeks was really hard and I didn't know if I like it. I wanted to go back to the other school where all my friends were doing math and then wanted to become engineers. But, um, I stayed in art school, found the best friends. I could ever ask for and I think like that was one of the best choices that I made in my life like looking back and I've been doing graphic design ever since. I mean it sounds like your parents were wonderful and supportive especially being artists themselves but art is I think only now being kind of seen as something that you can pursue as a career um, outside of your family, was it is it something where you grew up um, that was not seen as, say, as serious as engineering and math? Yeah, my my uncles were also like doing art and design, so it wasn't something that it was really um, my family was really unfamiliar with. It was something that we all uh, families were making money out of it. You know, we, we were living our lives, so it wasn't anything that was really you know uh, out of the I don't know what you may call it like it it wasn't really like bizarre or anything but I don't know maybe um it was I'm really happy that I had the parents that pushed me to go towards what I like to do um except like pushing me to go do something that I don't know go become a doctor or you will make money or lawyer or become an engineer or something, you know, um, it was never about the money, but I mean, I, I don't know, like if it's a bad thing or a good thing, 
but I think it was really important to me, especially knowing myself now that I really want to enjoy the thing that I'm doing in my life. Uh, yes, it's, it might be making less money than the other majors or than a doctor, but um, I think doing something that I love and something creative um, means more to me. Uh, it's just, you know, that's who I am. And um, you know, I get to live this life once, you know, I want to do it right. I want to do it doing something that I love. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what were the signs that you knew? Okay. This is exactly, I am doing the right thing. And what made you pick graphic design from the arts that you were studying in your program? And I mean, as I said, like in, in the second grade of high school in Iran, you get to choose like what major you want to do. And graphic design is like the general art that all the art students go to, but then I, they end up doing different things. So after finishing high school, you can either like go to painting. Some of some of us went to um, like theater. It's like different art majors, but you had to like pass that graphic design background in high school in order to get to that stage that in college you get to choose your own major like in different fields of art but um I think you know in the beginning maybe it was like a little hard for me but because I was like a I was like a nerd so I did I tried to do everything like perfect so I was um after a while I I became like the top of my class so I knew okay so I'm doing something right you know and then, um, you know, I've, I've always had all my homework and assignments ready, and I was really excited to do everything. And then I won a few student awards back then. So they all were really encouraging for me to, okay, so now that I know that I'm doing the right thing. I know that I'm in the right path. Um, and that's how it got me staying graphic design more and more. And I was lucky enough to win a very important um, student award, uh, last grade of high school, uh, which is called the Kharazmi Awards in Iran. And if you win that, you get to go to college without taking an entrance exam. And the entrance exam is really, really hard. And everyone studies for it for a year, goes like pay like ton of different like private tutors to be, to be able to pass it, you know? But I got to go to a state school without taking that exam. And I think that was, I was lucky on that and at the same time like that was one thing another thing that kind of like pushed me towards it so yeah that's awesome it was for the watch collage is that right that you went it was for? for the watch collage yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that what that project was well i remember um my father used to do it from the beginning but it was on and off because well he had to do like other client work and this was only for fun on the side or he had like a few exhibitions here and there but it wasn't something that he was like really doing full time and but I, I started doing it like from an early age because he encouraged me so I was always like playing around with them working with them and when it came to that stage in high school that we were like okay there's this award everyone pitching their ideas and I came in to the class with this idea and I remember my teacher at the time she was saying that this is so bizarre. You're not going to make it with this. Either you want to make like a book out of these things that you have, or um, I'm not going to take you in my um, class for this award. 
And I was so devastated. I walked out of that class. I was like, I'm not taking part in this, for this award. You know, I'm not doing it. And then I remember when my principal was filing the documents for this specific award, they had one extra paper. And then they called me from the, like, I was outside playing or I don't know what. And they called me and they were like, we have this one extra paper. You want to put in your weird, like, collage things in here maybe you win maybe you don't so it was like and wow. then I, well, I was the only one who went like all the way up and won it um I love but that. It, yeah <laughs> could you describe what the watch collection is for people who are listening who don't know what it might be so the art pieces they are illustrations using uh watch like actual watch pieces the watches that don't work anymore or you know but my father used to go to bazaar and buy like a ton of them and then we came home we opened the pieces uh, open reopened them up and then used the little tiny pieces to make art pieces with them like collaging them next to each other on a black surface and then gluing them on there and making illustrations of using those which I mean I don't I don't know if I'd explained it good or not but it's on my page you could go check it out um but yeah it, it was it's um it's a really new technique like even to this day when I search look it up like people might make like statues out of them or like stick watch pieces like on shoes and stuff but this kind of specific making like a collage work out of it um, I've never seen that being done anywhere. And um, after that um, award, I had like a lot of um, interviews, like TV interviews, magazine interviews, and exhibitions like in Iran and here in America. So after that, it got that, you know, spotlight that it, <laughs> it needed. From that collection, what's your favorite piece that you did? And what's your favorite piece that your father did? My father, um, well, he has done this huge motorcycle piece that we recently sold. Um, he, he does like really big, uh, big, the ones that I do are usually smaller, but he does the bigger ones. And I think his motorcycle was one of my favorites. And that one's very cool. <laughs> thank you. And the one that I I love that I did is this one little tiny girl um, lost in this huge jungle um, of these little tiny pieces. And it's it's so small, but it's like maybe hundreds of pieces are on it. But that was one of my favorites. Yeah. It's so nice that you shared that project with your father. You mentioned exhibiting in Iran and then also in the United States. What was that difference like? Can you tell us a bit about that experience? Um, every, I think everyone loved it. Like it was a really new technique and a really new art piece for everyone. In Iran, uh, um, we found a lot of people who bought them, who paid for, you know, it's, it's really hard to get people to pay for art. Um, I know, I know that. Like, <laughs> even to this day, like, it's really hard for some people. But we were lucky enough that a lot of people bought many of our pieces um, from us in Iran. In America, I wasn't here when my dad had the exhibitions. He brought the pieces here because they didn't give me a visa back then. Oh, no. um, you know, the visa process. But um, he mm. came over here and he had the exhibitions. 
um, here in a few places. But um, the problem that he had, well, he his English wasn't isn't like that good. Um, so he was struggling only with that because uh, a lot of people wanted to talk to him about it more, but uh, he was struggling a little. In, in Iran, we got a really good, um, yeah, That's really good great. feedback. Kind of touching on those two differences, you know, we've been, when Rachel and I were talking about it, we've been so curious about what was your experience studying and, you know, working in a studio in Iran and then coming and moving to Stillwater, Oklahoma to study your master's. <laughs> that, when we were talking about it, we're like that, even just thinking about it seems like such a shock. Just like um, a culture shock in general. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Let's get into that story. Um, yeah, I, um, speaking of education in Iran, um, well, I went to Al-Zahra University in Tehran. It's a state school, so it's a really good school and it's hard to get in. And yeah, I studied there for four years. But during my last year, um, I um, started working in this in, a, in Studio Shizaru in Tehran. So I was always at work, really, you know, um, kind of like dropping by school sometimes but then um working was always really more interesting um to me at that time rather than um just going to school um, I was learning more at work um so uh, that's how I I was living my design life in Iran and I learned a lot from where I worked at a studio in Tehran it's called Studio Shizaro. Um, it's one of the best studios in Tehran, and um, I was lucky enough to be working there for two years, studying design, the difference in Iran and America. If we want to talk about that, um, it's a, I think it's totally two different words, uh, and I didn't, I didn't really know that. I remember when I came uh, here three years ago to start my MFA in graphic design, and I left everything, moved to water Oklahoma I had no idea where that was by the way like I knew like what it is but I had no idea what I'm walking into and going from Tehran a busy city that like with the traffic and everything like I'm a city girl you know always something <laughs> yeah. happening and I went to this small town very quiet small town in the middle of I don't want to say nowhere but yeah it was it's it's really, there's nothing to do there, honestly. We I looked it up on Google Maps and there's a wrestling hall of fame museum. Wrestling is a big deal <laughs> there, I guess. Uh, besides football, they care about football too. Oh, yeah. Oh, one thing. I walked into a football stadium for the first time in my life in Oklahoma, in Stillwater, Oklahoma, because women are not allowed in stadiums in Iran. Uh. That was my first time walking that was one of the best experiences That's I was exciting. like oh my god I can't I can't imagine what we were missing you know yeah. that it's just a really good feeling so did Anyways, you watch like a live sports game there or a football game yeah yeah oh, I went that must be two fun. football games oh that was nice. oh that's awesome <laughs> oh like tailgate really experience and oh god yeah the tailgating <laughs> I, that was a whole new thing for me I was like, oh my God, we, I, I have never seen such a thing. Um, so like, even if we have like 
soccer, which we call football in Iran, um, games that are really important to us. People don't tailgate. There's no, no such a thing as tailgating. <laughs> and then, like, people, guys go to the stadium and watch the game. And after the game is done, everyone just goes to the streets and we celebrate on the streets by dancing we're like making traffic worse and stuff like that but um yeah it was it was a whole new thing for me but walking into the school I remember the first day that I went to the department I walked into the classes god knows I was shaking and I like I wanted to cry I didn't know how to talk to everyone I was so scared and I was just walking with my professor everywhere he went he was I was like please don't let me talk to them just just I, I will just walk with you everywhere and after the first week he just like put me like on the other side of the class and he was like you're the TA you're talking to everyone okay oh god I can't like I remember that day vividly the work that I was seeing from the undergrads was very different from what I've experienced I mean of course it's like I, I experienced it like four or five years ago more even but still you know I thought that they were doing a really good job compared to what I've what I saw from our undergrads um and that was that was when I was scared I was like oh my god I wish I was taught like this in my undergrad and I felt really bad for myself because I was like, I, I missed a lot on this. Hmm. If I knew all of these things that these kids are being taught, I would have been in a way better place. What are those uh, things that you think that the kids in your university were being taught that you don't think you were taught as a student? The way our undergrad was in Iran, we weren't taking everything really seriously. It was just if a project comes, everyone does it like the night before. We don't do critique at all because uh, if you say something about your friend's work that is not good in front of the professor, then you're not you're no longer friends. You know, you know, you take critique really personally, and everyone just like if, if I remember like if the professors just randomly if they ask for our feedback we would be like, oh yeah, she did a really good job. But we know, we knew deep down that she just did it like an hour before the class and it's really bad. But it was, it was something, I don't know, it's a cultural thing, I guess, that we don't know how to give each other feedback without being personal. Here, it was a totally different thing. Everyone was, we are all friends here, yeah, but we're helping each other become better. We're giving each other helpful feedback, you know? Um, and it's not personal, we're just helping each other, and that was not something that I experienced, like, I, I did not have the guts to tell my friends, you know, how bad or good their work was, or, like, help them, not my best friends, though, you know, I was like, I'll tell them, but, you know, the rest of the class, you know, here, we put them in groups, you're, like, give feedback to your group mates, write them down, you know, have them in your process book, we didn't have a process book. I had no idea what that was. We didn't have like, no one was writing down critique. You know, but here, everything, all these things were different. Everyone's taking their assignments seriously, doing critique, helping each other, meeting with the professor outside the class. And, and then they won awards for they like, they participate in different competitions. 
they had a graphic design club that they give, gave each other feedback, seniors to like the sophomores or juniors to like freshmen or something like that. This was a whole new world to me. <laughs> I did not have this in my undergrad. No, it was just, okay, we have one class, let's go just sit there for an hour and we'll, we'll, be, out, we'll be out of there. You know, it, it was not like this at all. And um, that, I mean, I'm a little bit of a OCD perfectionist. Like I would have really appreciated if if someone treated me the way I like the professors are treating the students here. Um, and it, it, this is a whole different word. Um, in Iran, I went to the master's program for a semester because um, I got acceptance into the school in Tehran, and I was like, yeah, just I'll go. That's okay. And um, I wasn't learning anything. The first semester I walked into the school, they were like, oh, you work in that studio? That's so cool. Like, I was the cool kid there. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to learn here? If You're I'm, not being challenged. <laughs> yeah, if I'm not being challenged, if they're not, like, giving me the more than what I already know. And that's why, like, I started applying and I came for the MFA here and then walking into the MFA. Like besides seeing the undergrads and me being the TA, um, just knowing what an MFA is, it's, it's way different than what was being taught to the students again in Iran. In an MFA, you gotta like organize your projects and you're studying and everything yourself. It's not like someone's giving you deadlines or like project sheets to follow. So it's all up to you, you, you have to make your plans you have to follow them you have to show it to your professors and get feedback so it's always you running for projects and your research it was a full three-year training of becoming the person who I am <laughs> like as I am today um it just changed me as a person and as a designer the way I think has changed the way I see things has changed um, and they all happened because I moved here and because I did the MFA. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, your master's thesis? It sounds like it's really fundamental in who you've become as a designer. So we'd love to know a little bit more about the project. So one of the things that I wasn't really aware of uh, was design activism and how I can use my design skills to put a message out there that, you know, help promote something socially, help be a part of a bigger thing. You know, it's not just client work. There's not that any, there's anything wrong with that, but I think a designer should also be aware of their um, abilities in this area as well. And knowing, seeing what other designers have done, studying about them, and that hit me to do work um, for design activism and design for good for my thesis. Something that I suffered all, all every like all my life in Iran, which was the compulsory hijab for Iranian women, which um, has been around for the last 40 years, uh, 40 years or so, yeah. But um, so the so the thesis is um, a series of projects that explains to the audience what compulsory job is, um, where it's coming from, where it is like right now, what's happening right now, and what the future can hold. 
Um, so it was, uh, I had a whole gallery to myself that I put all the projects in um, that if you walk into the gallery, you start from one project and you finish with the sixth project at the end, you walk out knowing about compulsory a job and what it is and uh, maybe you get to experience it a little bit in the middle too because there was one piece that was interactive so you get to wear a scarf and take a passport photo of yourself and walk out with like a little passport photo of you wearing a job so it's, it's a whole experience walking through this gallery and getting a better understanding of what it is and what these women are going through because I think especially in the west uh, and whenever I told everyone that okay where are you from I'm like I'm from Iran they're like oh you hear that oh and I'm like what's wrong with that you know it's, I am from Iran you know you and people might not know about what's going on and how uh, my generation and the young people are living there and I think I, I really wanted to shine a light, light on that and show everyone, okay, this is the things you see on the news is not how the real people are. This is not how the real life is in Iran. And um, if I can show you through my project and through my thesis, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show um, these, uh, I mean, th these people who are coming to the show and as many people as I can you know, um, target uh, as my audience, I, I would want them to know about um, how Iran is and um, how beautiful our culture is. But, you know, yeah. because of the, because of the unfortunate, you know, happenings, this is how you see it on the news. And this is how the people are reflected. But this is not the reality. Uh, the reality is me, is other uh, women like me or other young people like us that um, we're living in this situation and we have no choice but you know I, I think that's what I wanted to do um, just wanted to share that with anyone who I could <laughs> yeah. get my you know get get them to be my audience or and it's yeah. I mean it's great to be able to also do it directly in the United States too and be able to spread that message and have people that are, I'm guessing the exhibition was in Oklahoma yeah yeah so amazing like just to be there already and be able to s display that to people directly um yeah I think that's so cool yeah thank you yeah I tried my best and at the end I have this little table that was like the pieces that I did in the show that I could sell I had them on the table and then I was like you could either like support the artist or like you know buy these stuff and a lot of people actually like bought all the series of the women of tomorrow and they were like yo we're gonna frame them and put them on my wall and I'm like well, yeah. exciting you know just just knowing that everyone's open to that idea or they liked it so yeah visually they're nice but they actually have a message too and I'm happy that um, a lot of people liked it and we're going to frame it and put it on their wall. Yeah. So. Are there any other kind of things you have planned for the future that you want to um, tackle in uh, an exhibition or in your designs? Um, 
Yeah, well, right now I'm writing about the thesis that I already had and showed. So that's, that's something that's going on right now and it's in process. But for my future project, I think I will still be kind of working around the same area and around the same subject, but in different projects, maybe trying to um, bring in more awareness through um, widening my um, um, target audience, not only like maybe not only limiting it, limiting it to people who come to the gallery, but maybe it would be, it can be something that's online so I can have like a wider audience for it. Um, but I think that I would still be working on um, women's rights, especially um, in the Middle East and in Iran, because the more that I read about it, the more that I research about it, there is more to share. And I think that people should know about it. Um, it it's something that um, that's very important, I guess, in this day and age, because we are talking about um, rights of a lot of people like right now but um women's rights is still something that uh that's missing in iran and i guess like in the 21st century we're right now we're talking about lgbtq plus here and their rights and i support that i'm really supportive of that but then in iran um the lgbtq plus i know they're suffering from like a lot of them are leaving iran but then um, we have the women's rights at the same time that is that is being overlooked and that's something that i think should really definitely change the next few years it just kind of feels like from my perspective i don't know if you have if you feel the same Iran kind of seems like they're the people are left to themselves like it's there's doesn't feel like there's a lot of western attention in the freedom of the people in Iran um in general there's still it just seems like a big uh, villainization of the people just because of the political conflict that they have with the United States but there are a lot of people suffering there's huge inflation rates there's you know issues with protesting and women's rights and LGBTQ plus and mm -hmm. It's, yeah, I just kind of wanted to see, do you feel like the message is being better conceived now when you're trying to educate people? Does it seem like there's a big lack of like Western attention on the issues that people are facing in Iran? Yes, definitely. Um, when um, I think a lot of people that I talk to here, the only information they have of Iran and how the situation is, is what they see on TV on, and on the news. But when I tell them what's really going on, that's where when they're like, oh, okay, I, I had no idea. And I had no idea that you people felt, felt this way about this. And then I tell them like, yeah, the sanctions. Do you know what I went through to get here? The visa process, the sanctions, the inflation, how people are suffering this and you know how people are against this and uh, they they have no problem with with actually tourists and you know foreigners um, i don't know if you know this about iranians but you, when any foreigner any tourist goes to iran everyone welcomes them because we there is not a lot of 
diversity in Iran. So whenever someone from outside comes in, everyone wants to tell them how great Iran is. And it's not like on the news. So everyone's really welcoming. Everyone really cares. It's, um, I mean, I, I guess people can tell by some of the videos that some of these YouTubers or like these people who, the travelers who share their videos on YouTube, they, they talk really highly of Iran. I don't know if you've seen them or not, but um, that's how that's how the people are. Um, but yeah, I think really, I feel that that difference of, you know, that difference of perspective when it comes to uh, when it comes to Iran, when I talk to people here. And one thing that I uh, that I didn't really notice in Iran was, you know, the diversity, uh, the, the diversity that we talk about in Iran is just, you know, boys and girls or yeah, I think that that's it. That's the only diversity you get. That's not where you're not talking about any other nationalities or any other backgrounds. Yeah, we, we have like, you know, different backgrounds in people where they, the, from the different cities that they come from, they might have a little bit different cultures, but it's not, it's not that different. But when I came here, then I, then I found that, okay, there's something called diversity. Uh, people respect each other's cultures. People want to learn from each other's culture. And that's, that was something that I really learned about during this, these three years that I've been here. So jumping kind of back into design, you know, I think anyone who goes to your website will see that there is a specific style that you have. Would you say that you have a signature style and can you describe like what that style is and maybe how you developed it? The style and design, it's one of those hard things that um, the more you work, um, the closer you get to your style. Um, that's that's the only formula to finding your style and design. And I, I think I, for right now, I kind of found my style, uh, my aesthetics. I know what I like and what I don't, uh, what kinds of, um, uh, what kinds of design forms that I'm more drawn to and how I want to work on different projects. Um, but I think it's, I, I don't want to limit myself to, to say like, okay, this is how I'm going to work for the rest of my life. I think the design style is something that you achieve after you worked for a while and you, you constantly worked without like breaks and stuff. But then I think it, it, it changes through time. The more you work, the more experience you gain, your style kind of develops it along the way and how do you find your inspiration where do you generally find ways to inspire yourself to think of these next ideas i think uh well be before um i remember um like maybe seven years ago um when they were teaching us they were like you want to do a poster go look up like if we want to do like i don't know a social poster go look up social posters Yes, you got to do that too. But then at the same time, you have to look at other things to be inspired for your project uh, or for the thing, for any design thing that you want to do. It's not, it shouldn't be limited. And that's what I've learned. Uh, <clears throat> maybe even I see a sign on the street or a sticker somewhere or 
I see a weird table sitting in, a, in an old vintage shop and I'm like oh my god this can be a letter how how cool this this table is looking you know um and like I've learned through time that I I can be inspired by a lot of things but like anyone else yes I'm scrolling through my Instagram and that's feeding my soul <laughs> my art artist soul is being you know is looking at that feed so I I try to follow pages that when I go on them I know that their aesthetics are kind of you know aligned with mine um so if, if they're posting something that could inspire me and it seems like you've gone through quite you know the personal and professional journey in terms of your style as well as your activism from when you started back with that watch collection until now um what advice would you give like lessons from that journey to people just getting into design um um i really wish the, uh, the advice that the younger me had would have had was, was um reading more um about design and um other designers just um something that i really wasn't aware of was the design history that i wasn't taught really at school we were really taught um history of art and uh, we had um really good amount of classes for history of art but never for design um and that's something that i learned myself i took classes here to learn about it and that really really helped me i think just that would have that would have made me maybe a better designer if i knew about these a little sooner you know mm -hmm. well it's never too late i'm gonna catch up <laughs> there's a time for everything so maybe to wrap up, speaking of what would Gazelle do, what is Gazelle working on or any future projects or anything that you would like to shout out or mention before we wrap up? I just signed um, a contract, so I'll be, um, I'll be starting a new job, but I will announce that later. <laughs> After all the paperwork is done, awesome. uh, I will start a new teaching position in August. Sweet. Um, and right now it's it's the summer, but I'm still um, a student because I haven't officially graduated because I'm still writing my thesis. So that's going on, and I'm doing a little bit of client work here and there. For future projects, I I think um, I'll be doing a lot of typography in the future. So that's something that is coming my way. Uh, and Sweet. Follow me on Instagram if you want to see that. Absolutely. Course, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Your work on, that's how I discovered you. And that's, yeah, that's how we know about you. So it's, uh, it's definitely, yeah, I think there was a little while when you had closed your Instagram and Rachel and I were like, oh, I like looking at her stuff. She's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm back I'm back I'll, I'll, I'll be posting more be back thank you so much for all of your time and to and for sharing your life story with us yeah thank you thank you so much thank you guys for inviting me it was a, such a pleasure um, being able to share my story and I hope everyone enjoys it
Thank you again so much to Gazelle for taking the time to talk with us. You can find Gazelle's work on her website, gazellefruten.com, or on her Instagram page, at gazellefruten. Links in the description below. You can find us, Future Voices, on Instagram, at futurevoicesco, and you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or any streaming platform that you can find podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you.